Hello and welcome to a time of edification with Caruso Ministry. Get ready to be edified and equipped to edify others. Ready? Let's begin. Hebrews 9 from verse 1 to 6 it says, Then very the first covenant had also ordinances of divine service. This already lets you know what the first covenant is. Ordinances of divine service. And now list out the ordinances. For there was a tabernacle made with the first, um, wherein there was a candlestick and the table and the shoe, which was called the sanctuary. And after the second veil, the tabernacle, which is called the holiest of all, you know, which had the golden censer, on and on and on like that. Alright? Uh, so basically, I mean, I don't want to run through that because of time. What you see clearly, when it says ordinances of um, service just refers to the things that they had to do under the old covenant. Are we together? Commandments of service. Are we together, guys? So the first covenant in this context is what? Is what? Is it the law, or is it Christ? No, the law. Very good, very good. So let's continue. So we are clear. So we are clear as to. So now, so that would mean. So that would mean that the covenant now pay attention to this the covenant really is not about a period of time the covenant is more about a particular administration that is reigning are we together are we together guys are we together Don't let, let me let me finish up what i'm doing here Hebrews 12 from verse 22 to 24. Just to give um, some context. Hebrews 12 from verse 22 to 24. It says, But ye are come unto Mount Zion, the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, as an innumerable company of angels, the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven to God the judge of all. It says, um, To God the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect, to Jesus the mediator of the new covenant. So, he clears it for you. He says, when we are talking about the new covenant, who is the mediator? Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. So, what we see in salvation is a new covenant. Are we together, guys? With Jesus as the mediator. So, when he was speaking of the old covenant, he was referring to what? The laws. Are we together, guys? And when he was referring to the new covenant, he was referring to what? Salvation in Christ Jesus. But now, pay attention. According to Galatians 3, forget first and second. You know, the first and second is in terms of which one was active. In terms of which one is, was first spoken about. What we have as a new covenant today comes before the old covenant. Because if you will not forget, Galatians 3 tells us that the covenant was already first of all made with Abraham in a promise. Are we together? And what was that covenant? The covenant between Abraham and his seed. Not unto his seeds which are many, but to his seed which is who? Christ. Are we together guys? Are we together? So, the covenant of salvation through faith in Christ Jesus was already spoken about when? During Abraham before the law but when did it become active or when did it begin to happen when jesus died are we together guys when jesus died and was raised from the dead so we can put it this way instead of our now our usual timeline is old covenant new covenant and so we the mindset we always have is the old covenant comes before the new covenant but it's not entirely that way a more appropriate way really is New covenant in a promise, old covenant, the new covenant. Are we together, guys? Have I lost you? No. So, the first covenant, according to Hebrews, by context of the language, 
is the old covenant but the first covenant that is mentioned in scripture is what is the new covenant in the promise does that make sense guys are we together now this part is this sweet because we are using covenant that's why now let's move on so that would mean old covenant isn't in terms of isn't the first in terms of succession all right i already explained that it's not the first in terms of succession the old covenant is just so because there's a new covenant that's going to be made and now the new covenant had been promised since but because of the fact that the covenant that was set in motion at the point in time was the law because a new covenant was now going to come the law was now called old covenant are we together guys but it's not old because it's the first one does that make sense are we together are we together very good good stuff so let's move on let's move on all right all right so let's look at old and new testaments old and new testament look at matthew 26 matthew 26 from verse 26 to 28 get on up get on up Matthew 26, from verse 26 to 28. He says, And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. Sounded like, anyways, Take, eat. He says, This is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, let me just give you some context into this verse. First of all, the word testament here is the Greek word diatheke. D-I-A-T-H-E-K-E. Diatheke. It's actually the same word used for covenant. It means a pact. It means an agreement. It means a contract. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Glory to Jesus. Praise God. See, I'm who God's word says I am. I'm who God's word says I am. I can do what God's word says I can do. I have what God's word says I have. I'm a man of God. Full of the Holy Ghost. Full of direction. Full of wisdom. Never stranded. Always able. Always capable. By the Spirit of God. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Say, they who are for me, they who are for me, are much more than those who are against me. I'm never walking in lack. I'm never disadvantaged. I'm never the victim. I'm always on the winning side. Oh, you need to say that seriously. Say, I'm always on the winning side. I'm always on the winning side. I can never lose. I can never fail. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. The way you say things like that, you use um, Bishop David Lippo's um, sound. I can never. There's no reason I can never and I can never. Amen. Hallelujah. Those, those are voices of declaration. That's how you sound like a man of God. I can never lose. That's a baby in Christ. I can never lose. Say, ah! That's it. That's, that's utterance. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. We don't have time. Okay. Now, note that what they did here in Matthew 26, verse 26, is called the Feast of the Passover. If you read from context, you see it. That they actually had the meal of the Passover. People think... Now, ah, 
We're going to teach this later this year. There's a t- topic I'm going to teach on Jesus' church, culture and traditions. Culture and traditions. I'm going to teach on circumcision, on um, covering of air, on the communion. What else again? On baptism. Yeah, I'm going to teach on those. You're yeah, looking at me like you, like you made the notes. Yeah, he's doing it to teach me. You will say, ah, don't worry. Just, very soon. You will, yeah, I will leave it for you. Anyway, <laughs> let me continue. So, the Passover is what they ate here. Remember the night before the Israelites left Egypt? The night before all of the firstborn children died in, in Egypt. Are we together? You know, they were told, they were commanded to eat the Passover. Are we together, guys? Are we together, guys? So, that was where the Passover was instituted. That would mean the Passover, in fact, did not start with the law. But that's another discussion for another day. The Passover itself did not start with the law. Okay? But the point of it was, Jesus did not start the Passover. Jesus was eating the Passover with them. Are we together, guys? And I think I spoke about this in one of our teachings in the book of Ephesians, where I said, there were certain things that Jesus did not institute. Alright? Jesus just tried, he knew that they would still do it even if he was not there. So what he did instead was to try to direct their attention while they were doing it. Are we together? So when he says, this do ye as oft as you drink it or eat it in remembrance of me. He's trying to say, you people have been eating it since. You people continue to, And do you realize they never called it the Holy Communion? Particularly in the book of Acts, it was still always called the Passover. Because that was what it was, the Passover. But Jesus is now saying, whenever you eat it, though, eat it in remembrance of me. Simple. Jesus is not saying from now on start eating it. They were already eating it before him. Amen. That was not even the first time they were eating it. Are we together, guys? Are we together? There's a reason it's called the Last Supper. It was the last one he had with them. Amen. Hallelujah. Exactly. Okay. So I had to say all of that to let you know, therefore. So now he says, now he begins to give direction to the bread. He says, This is my body. He says, Take and eat. He says, this, um, he, he took the cup, he said, gave, gave it to all of them. This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many. Now, of course, that, clearly, that was wine, not his blood. Are we together? So, he was trying to show a depiction of something. Are we together, guys? Are we together, guys? Of course, you can't take that literally. It's figurative. Okay? It's figurative. But let's continue. Look at Matthew, Mark 14, 22-24. Still almost the same account. Mark, Mark 14, 22-24. Mark 14, from verse 22. Okay, it says, and, and as they did eat, Jesus took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them and said, Take it, this is my body. Continue, verse 23. It says, And he took the cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and they all drank of it. Continue, verse 24. He says, And he said unto them, This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many. At this point in time, Jesus is, still, Jesus is alive. He's still speaking. So it can't be his blood of the truth. Does that make sense, guys? Are we together? But notice how he, what he says about the New Testament. Now, this is where it gets interesting. As at the point when Jesus is saying this, that means if he has not died, the New Testament is not yet in motion. Are we together? Because what makes the New Testament is that his blood will be shed for many. Does that make sense, guys? So, if Jesus is still alive at this point and has not died, it means the New Testament has not happened. Does that make sense, guys? But is this found in the New Testament writings? Is this found in New Testament writings? Are we together? So, had the New Testament started at this point? Had the New Testament started at this point? 
Yes or no? Very good. So, even so, the, what marks the beginning of the New Testament is what? Is what? The death and the resurrection of Jesus. Are we together? The sacrifice of Jesus. Does that make sense, guys? Very good. Beautiful. Still going somewhere. Not got in there yet. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 3 from verse 6 to 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 from verse 6 to 8. Are we there? 2 Corinthians 3 from verse 6 to 8. Because of time, I can't open my Bible anymore. It says, Who also has made us able ministers of the new covenant? Not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter killeth, but the spirit gives life. So, and people have used that verse to say, It says, The letter killeth. It says, Therefore, as a minister, your impact must, more, must be more on the spirit than on the letter. You know, then you now be playing, you know, you're playing something under. Then you now be hearing from the back. One shibu it's not until we enter your body, so you don't even hear what he's saying. You're just saying, mm. Ooh. Mm. That's the word, mm. yes, sir. So you don't be, mm. he clearly, first of all, if the letter is the Bible, there is problem for you. Why? Because how do you know you have the spirit? Amen. It was the Bible that lets you know that you have the spirit. So if the letter is the Bible. That means the spirit really kills. It just gives life small. But the originator of the spirit is the killer. <laughs> so what does it mean by the letter? Continue with the next verse. Now, the word used for letter here, in fact, would, but don't worry, let me move on. It says, but if the of now, it now begins to explain. So we see letter and spirit. It gives us more context in verse 7. If the ministration of death, remember the letter kill it. So, ministration of death has a lot to do with the letter. Are we together? Because the letter kill it. Does that make sense, guys? If the ministration of death, written and engraven in stones, was glorious, it is so that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses for the glory of his, co- of his countenance, which glory was to be done away with. Now, wait, wait, wait. The ministration of death, written and engraven in stones. When you hear this, what comes to your mind? Written and engraving in stones. What comes to your mind? You said? Ten commandments. Thank you very much. But interestingly, he says, so that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses for the glory of his countenance, which glory was we done away with? There is more. We will still have. In the name of Jesus. We will talk about this occurrence a bit more. Go to verse 8. He says, How shall not the mission of the Spirit be rather glorious? So we see mission of death of the spirit but one thing is clear when we talk about the mission of death or the letter it clearly doesn't refer to the bible are we together rather it refers to an administration of the commandments are we together of the laws because that's when we actually see moses's face shine when he came from the mount does that make sense guys are we together are we together so when we hear testaments now this is where it gets interesting very very interesting we are, we are told according to Second Corinthians 3 that the testament started from when Moses came back from the mount and his face was shining. His face was shining. Are we together, guys? Are we together? When did this happen? Genesis or Exodus? Genesis or Exodus? Exodus. In fact, Moses was not born until Exodus 1. Are we together? So, this did not happen. In fact, the, the first time we see the commandments spoken about is Exodus 19. Are we together, guys? So, now wait. So, when was the Old Testament given? Genesis or Exodus? 
when was the Old Testament given? Genesis or Exodus? Why are you looking at that? You have something to say. Talk, no, talk now. Let me hear. You said Exodus, but the Exodus is like. So, the Old Testament. I'm coming. We're not done yet. But we clearly know what the New Testament is, Abi. It's the Spirit. Are we together? But now, the Old Testament. We're not done. Look at Hebrews 7, from verse 19 to 25. <laughs> oh, glory to God. Hebrews 7, from verse 19 to 25. Hebrews 7. It says, For the Lord made nothing perfect. He says, But the bringing in of a better hope did. He says, um, Alright. Which we should draw down to God. You know, as much as not without an oath, he was made a priest. Uh, for th- those priests were made without an oath. He says, But this but this with an oath by him that said unto him, The Lord swear and will not repent, thou art a priest forever, after the order of Melchizedek. Don't go there. He says, By so much was Jesus made a shorty of a better testament. So, for him to say a better testament, there was a testament that was present before. Are we together? But then Jesus is made a shorty of a better testament. The testament that was present before, now continue. And there truly were many priests. So, the former testament is referring to hard priests. Does that make sense, guys? Does that make sense? Okay. And there truly were many priests because they were not suffered to continue by reason of death. But this man, this is the only this man you should know. Amen? Amen? You know, you find, you find men and women of God, particularly women of God, on Twitter, Finally, say this man. This man. Hallelujah. We have not so learned Christ. Amen. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. I want you to open your Bible. Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 24. I want you to read the first phrase of that verse. Everybody want to go. Say it like you mean it. Everybody want to go. By context, who is the man he's speaking about? Who? So, do you want to do you want to be dragging place with God? Do you want to be dragging place with Jesus? Say this man. They now use that rubbish. Um, this the icon. That one like this. Say this man. The 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 man too. We now quotes and retweets. You will now use love emoji. Don't love the world. These are the things of the world. If any man loves the word, love of the Father is not in him. The only this man we know is Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We will not agree. Of course, you will not like this one. How you like it? All of you. In fact, the day I will, the day I will start responding to people's tweets, it's still coming. Some of you that will say, eh, 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 if, if, if you are already smiling, does it mean you have your move button? I will enter. Yes, it means it. Because if it's not that you are not serious, <laughs> ah, women are the most funniest set of persons. So now, now you 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 posted the tweets. Is he blind? Except if I mean you you are playing multiple leagues. If you know what I'm saying, you know Ojoro <laughs> Kansu. You know you are shooting you are shooting, but you plan to like kill a sis. Do you understand? So you're this man. We don't really know who the man is because he's supposed to be this man. But <laughs> but I mean, so, but. That's that, by the way. Let's just continue. But this man, hallelujah, 
He says, because he continued ever, continued ever. Can that man continue? Anyways, because he continued ever. <laughs> has an man that two weeks. You see, he can eat Oh God. That was a good one. That was a good one. That was that was good. That was good. <laughs> that was good. Amen. Okay, let's continue. It says, um, wherefore he is able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. But one thing you see is that you see that here it says there's a better testament. And by the better testament, he was referring to the testament in Christ Jesus. Are we together, guys? And for him to see a better testament, it means there was a testament before, but this one is better. Does that make sense? Does that make sense, guys? Very good. Now, now in telling you what the testament that was that you know that was before is about, he now begins to talk about the priests and their activities in the old covenant or in the laws. Does that make sense, guys? So when we speak of the Old Testament, now pay attention. When we speak of the Old Testament according to scripture, what does the Old Testament refer to? What does the Old Testament refer to according to scripture? Say it now. The laws. You know the reason, you know the problem right now with you? There is a way you have been conditioned for a long time to see the Old Testament. So to you, the Old Testament is Genesis. Are we together? Genesis to Malachi. But from what we see here, the Old Testament is not first and foremost writings. The Old Testament is a covenant. Are we together? The Old Testament is the laws. So, while for the sake of semantics and um, for the sake of just being able to reference some things, we can call Genesis to Malachi Old Testament writings. But the reality of it is the Old Testament actually started in Exodus, not in Genesis. Are we together, guys? Are we together, guys? Let's continue. You see why it is very important what I just said. I think I've said this one. There's no need. So what this means is that the Old and New Testaments are not just periods of time. So it's not there was the Old Testament, then New Testament now happened. No. No, 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 no. The Old Testament refers to a particular covenant that is in place. Are we together, guys? It refers to a particular covenant. So now, if we match our idea of covenant with testament based on the findings we've had, what that would mean is that the first thing we have by succession is the New Testament in a promise. Does that make sense, guys? The New Testament in a promise, then the New Testament. Are we together, guys? Then the Old Testament. Are we together? So, sorry, then, sorry, the New Testament in a promise, then the Old Testament, and then the New Someone, someone look at me. <laughs> New Testament they promise, then Old Testament, then New Testament. Does that make sense, guys? What this would mean is that when we go to study the Old Testament writings, what we have is the New Testament in a promise and the Old Testament put together. Are we together? Are we together, guys? Can you now see the reason why we say that we can understand the New Testament from the Old Testament scriptures? Why? Because the New Testament in a promise is there. Can you now see that when he said in Luke 24 that hopefuls and slow about to believe all that the prophets have spoken? All that the prophets have spoken about what? About the New Testament in a promise. Amen. Amen. Now, I know that some of you begin to, in your mind, begin to ask that what then is the Old Testament? We're going to get there. We're going to get to it very soon. Amen. Now, let me also now add this that 
an example of the new testament in the promise that we see is abraham but the question we have to ask ourselves is this does it stop with abraham were there other old testament patriarchs who also had the promise are we together were there other old testament patriarchs who during the time when the law was in existence also had the new testament in a promise were there people like that were there are you sure who you say esther how are you sure how do you know isaac isaac the laws were not given by isaac's time the law came after moses you say david how do you know no i'm not saying you're wrong let's look at something look at hebrews 11 <laughs> hebrews 11 now this is good bible study this is how to study bible you ask questions you think you understand that's how to do it now hebrews 11 and verse 1 hebrews 11 let me tell you one of the ways you can know already bible already says in galatians 3 that by the works of the law can no man be justified hallelujah glory to jesus righteousness can never come by the works of the law hallelujah so if there are men that were declared righteous even though it's in the promise in the old testament it could never have been by the law does that make sense guys are we together guys so the only way that could have been is that they received the new testament in the promise are we together guys now let's look at hebrews 11 a little study on hebrews 11 it says now faith is the substance of things for the evidence of things not seen because of time let me see is it going to be necessary to explain that verse one i'm good okay ah, it's actually going to be necessary now the word the word substance there is the greek word upostasis it's just let me go the word upostasis means confidence or assurance confidence or assurance now the word evidence there is the word evidence elekos it means proof so when he was saying now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen now for a very long time i believed and I, i've thought it's that the faith that i was speaking here was just specific to the patriarchs of old. that's not true the actually what he was speaking here is faith but by context it was for the patriarchs of old. are we together but faith really what he said here is correct because what does he call faith here he says it is the confidence or the assurance of the things that you hope for are we together and then it is the evidence of the things that you don't see in other words a man who is in faith first of all in his heart is confident are we together is confident of what is to come hallelujah glory to jesus but then more so faith is evidence of what we do not see now the problem is this is that when we see that evidence we think the evidence is what god does do you understand like we, we see the evidence as when you say faith is you know evidence of things not seen that the little little things that god is doing do you understand that is making you know that something greater is coming whereas the context of hebrews 11 the evidence was actually given by the elders now, let me explain when he says faith is the substance so first of all there was a confidence that they had in something that was coming that's my one number two there was there were things they did based on that confidence that they had which when we see we reckon as faith so what they did was the evidence of what we do not see which is their faith does that make sense guys so there was something that was driving them inside faith are we together but then because of faith is expressive 
For example, faith is seen in the fact that even though we've not seen Christ, we believe in him and we can affirm his resurrection. Are we together, guys? Does that make sense, guys? So, faith is not just that we believe in our hearts. Faith is also that we speak it. Amen? It's not just an evidence of faith. It is faith in itself. That was what James was trying to say. When he was talking about works and faith, of the truth, if there is no works, there is no faith. A man who truly believes will do something. Or will say something. Are we together? Faith always goes with an expression. So, the reason we know Abraham had faith of the truth was actually the fact that he went to sacrifice his child. Are we together? We, of course, at the end of the day, it is not the sacrifice of the child that made him justified. Are we together? That's not it. It was because he believed in God. But the fact that he went to sacrifice his child also shows that he believed in God. Do you understand my point? Are we together? Exactly. So, the evidence of things not seen is not like God is doing things in a small... So, you know, say, for example, you are expecting a car. God is doing it. He's going to first come with a tire. I hope that doesn't work. Happen now we actually comes with a tire. Then the windscreen. My brother, the engine is coming. The engine is coming. Farabale. What is the evidence? The evidence are the things the prophets did which we see and say oh this is faith are we together that's the reason why he now continues in hebrews 11 now begin to talk about the things they did abel offered a more excellent sacrifice are we together abraham you know did did not despise the, he did not look at the deadness of sarah's womb but believed are we together guys so in all those things they did not only was faith the assurance they had that something was going to happen, faith was the expression of what they did. Are we together? The fact that you did this, oh, you have faith. Do you understand? Do you understand me, guys? Do you understand me? So that's the meaning of Hebrews 11.1. 1. So at the end of the day, faith is not... So Hebrews 11.1 1 is not just specific to the patriarchs of old. Hebrews 11 is actually faith. Because the reality of it is anybody who really believes will do stuff. Hallelujah. That's why our entire Christian life is predicated upon faith. Why? Because as a reason of salvation that we have received, we go about preaching the gospel. We go about telling people that a man has risen, a man we have never seen before. That is, a, that is an expression of faith, but that is also faith in itself. I will... Amen. We lay hands on the sick, for example, and we expect the sick to recover. Not only is that an expression of faith, that is faith. Why? Because we are laying hands as though we know it's going to happen, of something we have not seen before. So there's both an assurance, but that assurance leads to an, ex- leads to an expression. Does that make sense, guys? Are we, so are we, are we clear on that? So now continue. Now you see why what I said is, is consistent with Hebrews 11. It now says, for by it, for by what? For by that faith, the el- elders obtained a good report. Now, by the time he's going to talk about the elders and the faith, he now begins to talk about what they did. So can you see that it was what they did that made them have a good report? Even though really, it was because they be- Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So now, look at verse 3. This is another interesting verse too. It says, Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. It says, So that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. And I've heard people say that, you know, this is talking about the creation of the universe. That God spoke a word. And as you speak, That's a very nice variation for that song. Don't mind me, don't mind me. I was going have choir too. Standard stuff. Anyways, let me continue. So, now pay attention. He says, the worlds were framed by the word of God. If you are going to say that this is referring to creation, you are going to have to explain what you mean by worlds. 
Are you talking about the multiverse? Amen. Amen. Are you talking about the different planets? But that will not stand. I have an, I, I can give an argument for that, but let's stop there. Now, let's so now what does it mean by words? Now the word worlds there is the Greek word aeon. A-I-O-N is a word that was used for dispensations. Dispensations, different periods in time. A, an age, a dispensation. I don't want to go into, into the different places where it was used, but it was used for age or dispensation. The word framed also is the Greek word katatizo. Katatizo. It's a word that means to mend, to put together, to fit, to mend, to put together. Are we together? So now, let's now look at that verse. It says, true faith. Hey, four, six, Jesus. Through faith, we understand that the various worlds, the various dispensations, now it's going to make sense very soon. Through faith, we understand that the various dispensations were fitted together, framed, fitted together by the word of God. So that the things which do appear, so that the things which are seen were not made by things which do appear. Based on our context, don't forget everything you've known so far. Based on our context of what evidence is, what are the things that were seen? Amen. What are the things that were seen? You say? Say something. What are the things? Don't say, don't worry. What are the things that were seen? They are workings of faith. Oh, is that what you said? Exactly. The evidence, as I've told you before, is what they did because they had faith. Are we together? So when he says the things that are seen are made out of things which do, which do not appear, what he's not saying is not that, ah, the world just happened out of something that we do not see no what he's actually saying is that the things that we see them do the source of it cannot be seen because it's faith do you understand so now let me put it together he says for by faith we understand that the various dispensations what various dispensations in hebrews 11 he was listing different dispensations there was a dispensation of abel that was a generation there was also of abraham do you understand so the different um patriarchs of faith represented different generations or different dispensations are we together guys different periods of time it now says the combining factor or the leaking factor of all of them is the what the word of god so that the things which are seen what are the things which are seen the things they did were not made out of things which do appear why because it is by faith so for example when you see abel offer a sacrifice and is offering an animal it's not because there is a rule around that animals must be offered is because something within him made him offer that sacrifice are we together so what is sin is sacrifice the animal what is the thing that does not appear is faith do you understand so but what is the linking factor between abel abraham rahab the allot so on and so forth the word of god so that is why he says through faith we understand that the worlds were framed linked together by the word of god so that the things we see what are the things we see the things we see the patriarchs of old do was not by something that does appear rather it is by what faith that was within them does that make sense guys <sighs> amen hallelujah glory to jesus yeah you know this verse we use it to teach creation of the world <laughs> we teach creation of the world see god just spoke the word and as he spoke it, you know, he just came forth. <laughs> Amen. As often the Bible study, you will be calm. 
You can't see it unless you calm down. Amen? You go to the Greek. By the time you look at the Greek, the first thing that will spoil your entire theology is aeon. The various dispensations. God spoke a dispensation into being. Ah. Then there becomes a major problem. Very, very major problem. So, you know, that's that. And so you now begin to see, as you now read down, you now begin to talk about, for example, there's a dispensation, Abel. Abel sacrificed an animal. What? Now, this also gives some context because I've heard people say that the reason Abel's sacrifice was accepted was because of blood. That's not true. That's not true. If you have to say Abel's sacrifice was accepted because of blood, what that means is every sacrifice that contains blood is accepted by God. No. Abel's sacrifice was accepted because it was done by faith. Amen? Amen? It's not because it was done by blood. Because if it's also because it was done by blood, who else among the patriarchs of old was also justified because he had a sacrifice by blood? Abraham wasn't justified because of that. Are we together? Are we together? Abraham wasn't justified because of that. Rehab the allots. There was nothing about sacrifice. So it was not about the animal or that somebody dropped crops. Because I wasn't talking before. That because, you know, you saw in, uh, in, in this thing to come, the shedding of blood and so a killing of animal. Mm-mm. That's too much rev. No. All we are told is that by faith, he, he offered a more extent. Notice animal is not mentioned. Go to verse 4. Verse 4. By faith, Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice unto God than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it, he being dead yet speaketh. This is another interesting part, but let's just leave it. That he being dead yet speaketh. How did Cain offer a more excellent sacrifice unto God according to Hebrews 11.4? By what? Simple. Not by the blood of an animal, you know, because... no, oh, now, come on. If the blood of an animal is... Um, what causes a man to be righteous by faith? All of the times when they were offering animals in the temple, they would have been righteous now by faith. It was because of faith. So even if Cain had offered an animal, he would still not have been justified. Because it's not about the acts, it's about the heart. Do you understand? It's faith. Amen? Do you understand me? And if another person had hidden the um, spies, just like Rahab the Allah did, alright, but did not believe in God, you will not have been justified by, by faith. Do you understand my point? It's not just about you doing what they did. It's about doing what they did with the hearts that they did it. It's just like a man today confessing Jesus is Lord, but his heart, he doesn't believe it in his heart. He's not saved. Because it's not, about, it's not about the expression. It is the heart that leads to the expression. Do you understand my point? Does that make sense, guys? Very good. So why did I see all of that? I said all of that to, to them begin to say this. When you now look through the patriarchs of old here, you see men who, in the same time when the Old Testament was inactivity on the earth they were already justified by faith for example moses patriarchs of old generally rehab the allot i I always like talking about rehab the allot because it just has a an oxymoronic sense to it among the patriarchs of faith um, rehab the allot i like the fact that he doesn't just say rehab he adds allot i hope you know that the allot there is the greek word for prostitutes amen so he was talking about patriarchs of old and he adds who? Rehab a prostitute. So he doesn't let you, so you don't have to think he's another Rehab. No. The one that was a prostitute. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Amen. But what am I, what was I trying to bring out from Hebrews 11? That the same period when the law was in motion, which was the Old Testament, that same period, people were getting justified by faith. Amen. Amen. What this would mean is that 
in the old testament writings we had two testaments in play but one in the promise because clearly a man can only be justified by faith and when you read through the patriarchs of old you see the other people that were justified you see for example um let me see people that i wrote about uh sorry rahab gideon barak samson david actually that i spoke about samuel all these men were justified by faith although in a promise are we together guys so these men already received the new testament in a promise while the old testament was in play are we together guys are we together guys so what this lets you see is that it's not new testament in a promise from here to here then old testament now begins from here to here the new testament now begins from here to here no actually it is new testament in a promise old testament moving together new testament now begins but i hope you also realize that even now when the new testament has been made available there are still men who are practicing judaism so all the new testament is not a function of period of time it's a function of which covenant is active are we together do you understand so in other words in the old testament now this now gives a much more broad perspective into why we can confidently say that a man can teach clearly the revelation of christ from the old testament writings why because both the new testament in a promise and the old testament are both present therein does that make sense guys does that make sense guys are we together are we together and so when jesus said oh and slow about to believe what would you have expected them to believe the old testament or the new testament in a promise exactly exactly amen exactly hallelujah glory to jesus amen and so the idea so i want you to change your idea now because of semantics and because of something we are used to we can always say the old testament writings new testament writings that's fine but really the old testament started in exodus are we together guys and the new testament is a promise started a lot earlier in fact with our understanding of what the new testament is a promise is it didn't start with abraham clearly from hebrews 11 the first person that partook of it was abel are we together but at the end of the day that wasn't the first time the, new testament, the promise was spoken about it was spoken about in genesis 3 verse 15 are we together guys Genesis and what i will put enmity between what between you and the seed of the woman that was the first time it was spoken when was the first time somebody partook of it abel are we together does that make sense guys but galatians now speaks of who abraham are we together guys i hope i didn't confuse you i hope i didn't confuse you very good let's continue let's continue now let's look at the word shadow shadow hey jesus ah. let's look at the word shadow now another thing i want to talk to us about sorry please excuse me thank you all right so now the word shadow now another thing i want to talk to you about is i want i want to i want you to learn to be patient in bible study what what this study did to me was to realize how we are very used to using some words generally even in word circles like we just use those words for everything for example, there's even among us, when we talk about the Old Testament, we just say Old Testament. Do you understand? Old Testament. No. Hallelujah. The Old Testament is referring to something according to biblical terms. So whenever, so if Jesus was present here and you say the Old Testament, in his mind, you, are, you just said the law. Are you with me? 
if you are to say the same thing to Paul or the writer of the book of Hebrews, if you say Old Testament, or old, of course, for Old Covenants, we know. But for Old Testament, there's just a way we just carry all the books of it. Do you not realize why? Now, pay attention to this. Why? When, when the Sadducees came to meet him in Matthew chapter 19, and the Pharisees came to meet in Matthew 19, and they were talking about a man putting away his wife for every for any purpose. Do you understand? About giving a bill of divorcement and so on and so forth. Now pay attention. I, I spoke about this in, in Lagos, where I said that what was Jesus' response to them? Jesus said, Moses, because of the hardness of heart of the hardness of your heart, gave you a bill of divorcement. In other words, Moses gave you the law or the old testament because of the hardness of your heart but from the beginning it was not so can you not see that the times when jesus corrected them he actually corrected the old testament to the new testament in the promise that was not the only time again when the this thing came to meet him what's their name now the sadducees who do not believe in the res- resurrection came to meet him their questioning him as well was based on the questioning from the law okay based on the law if a man dies it's his brother that's supposed to take the wife. Do you understand? And no, 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 like that. So they brought their question out of the law. Do you realize that if you are to study from the New Testament in the promise, particularly Genesis, because that's the place where you don't have it mixed up, because at that point in time there was no testament yet. If you are to study there, you will not come to the idea that that was normal. It became a principle when the old testament came. And so by the time they were going to ask him that question. How does he answer them? He says, you err because you do not know the scriptures nor the power of God. He says, in the resurrection, they are like angels in heaven. Do you understand? They, do, they are not married. They, they do not marry. Neither are they given to marriage. But now he now says something very important. He makes a quotation. Where, where did he make that quotation from? From when God appeared to him. When the angel appeared to him with the burning bush. He says, God, he, he said, but um, the Bible, um, the Lord said, I'm the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob. He now says, God is not the God of the living of the dead. In other words, if God could have made this declaration years after Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob have died, and you say that God is, the only, God is only the God of the living, it only means one thing. Those people are still alive. But look at something important. He made that quotation from before the Old Testament, before the law. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah! If you are to pay attention because of time, you would notice oftentimes when Jesus corrected things about the Old Testament writings, what he corrected was the Old Testament, not the entire thing. Go and pay attention. For example, in Matthew 5, you have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Where is that from? From the law. Most of the corrections, I don't want to say all because I'm being careful, but most of the corrections that Jesus made concerning the Old Testament writings were usually from the Old Testament, not from the beginning. Why? Because in the beginning, you actually had the New Testament in the promise. There was not yet the Old Covenant in place. Are you with me? Are we together, guys? Are we together, guys? So, why am I saying all of this? I'm saying all of this so that you know that whenever you pick up your Old Testament book to study, I mean, if you can call this Bible conference another thing, you can call it esteeming the Old Testament. Because I think we did quite some study on the Old Testament in this meeting. What am I saying is so that when you pick up your Old Testament, so don't just pick it up like mm, Old Testament. No, you don't know. Actually, what you are reading is the New Testament in a promise. Are we together, guys? Are we together, guys? Is the New Testament in a promise and the Old Testament as well? Does that make sense, guys? 
Are we together? Then the question that should not begin to come to your mind is if the New Testament is in a promise is separate from the Old Testament, are we saying, or are you saying, or are you now saying that there are not info, there, there are no informations about the New Testament in the Old Testament? Are you having that question already? So you don't understand the question. <laughs> it has scattered. <laughs> Again, if I've said that the New Testament is in a promise is clearly distinct from the Old Testament in the Old Testament writings. Does that make sense, guys? Then the question you should now begin to ask is, we get the whole idea of New Testament in a promise, but are you now saying that the law, which is the Old Testament, does not have information in it about the New Testament? Because that's what you can begin to imply from what I said. Do you understand? I feel like you don't understand. <laughs> if I, if I confuse you, let me see your hands up. Lift your hands up. If I, I'll go on. If I confuse, let me see your hands up. So you understand me. You put your hands up now. You are not saying it. <laughs> Do you understand me? You understand me? Ah, you put sabi word. Ah, because this thing that you just understood. Scattered my head though. <laughs> this was what made me stand up. <laughs> I just took a walk. Because I think also, the reason also for that is also because the way I think generally is if you say this and this, what you are saying begins to mean this, 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 and this. So at the point where you are saying this, I'm not just thinking this anymore. That's why I came up with that question that some of you never think about. Because if we are already placing a distinction between the New Testament in a promise and the Old Testament up together in the Old Testament's writings, the question is now, are you saying that the Old Testament does not carry information about the New Testament? Do you get that? Do you understand that dilemma now? Are you with me? So now, let's now do a bit of a study into that. Now, let's do a study on what is called shadow. 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 Hey, Jesus. Shadow. Go to Colossians 2, 16 to 17. Col- somebody, Colossians 2, 16 to 17. Another person, Hebrews 8, 4 to 5. Another person, Hebrews 10 and verse 1. So I'm going to read Colossians 2 from verse 16 to 17, actually. It says, Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of a holy day, of the new moon, of Sabbath days. Continue. Which are a shadow of the things to come, but the bodies of Christ. Now, the word shadow is the Greek word skia. Now, let me say something about shadow. Shadow, the word skia can mean two things. The word skia can either mean the shape, like when you see, like my shadow now, for example, you can get a figure of how I am through my shadow. That's one. But another important meaning that shadow can have is that it is a shade. In other words, because I'm obstructing this light, the shade that you have or that figure you have because of my obstruction is a shadow. It's the same thing, but the focus is different. In one, the focus is the figure of the shadow. Oh, from the figure of the shadow, I can have an idea of how this person looks. That's one. Another way to look at the shadow is this shadow is merely caused by the obstruction of light. Do you understand my point? Are we together? So those two... Now, we are going to see which one is meant when we study. But So it talks about, you know, don't let anybody tell you what to eat, what to drink, you know, respect of a holy day or new moon or the Sabbath. Hebrews 8, 4 to 5. Somebody. Hebrews 8, 4 to 5. Who's there? Now, if we... If we are on earth, Okay, now if he were on earth, he would not be a priest at all. Since they are priests who offered gifts, according to the law, they serve a copy, serve a copy 
and and a shadow of Yahweh's sanctuary. That's it. Is that it? Is that all? Verse five. For when Moses was about to erect, he was by God. Okay, he was created by God, saying, saying see, that you make, you make everything. see that you make everything according to the pattern which was shown you on the mount. Hallelujah. But importantly, what you see here is you see the word shadow used again and it was referring to, you know, the things that Moses did as a pattern of the heavenly things pretty much was referring to the law. Are we together, guys? Are we together, guys? Does that make sense? Look at Hebrews 10 and verse 1. Now, these are the three places where the word shadow is used in the New Testament. Hebrews 10 and verse 1. Ah, this man of God is ready. Hebrews 10 and verse 1. What is, what is it? For since the law has but a shadow of the good things to come instead of the true form. What version is that? What version is this? RSV. It's actually not bad. I just, why, is, why are you laughing? Did you laugh? Okay, I thought you, I thought you laughed. Okay, continue. It can never, by the same sacrifices, which are continually of, okay, yeah, I'll tell you. All right. Make perfect. So what he's just saying, basically, again, we see the shadow being spoken about, and what does he refer to? What does he refer to? Who is your answer now with your chest? What does he refer to? The law. Amen. So Hebrews 8, Hebrews, so now these are the three places where the word shadow, or skia, is used throughout the entire New Testament. The three places. The other two that we've seen, Hebrews, the two Hebrews, clearly refer to the law. Colossians 2. Now let's go back to Colossians 2. Let's look at it very well. Colossians 2. Colossians 2. From verse 16 to 17. He says, Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink. Meaning, this thing has to do with they judge you in meat. Don't eat this. Don't drink this. There is a holy day. In this particular day, this is what you're supposed to do. This is what you're not supposed to do. New moon. On this particular, a new moon, basically, in those days, is just, new moon just used, is also used, or they used to use moon or planetary bodies in those days to actually refer to days. Do you understand? To count a day or a month or so on and so forth. Are we together, guys? So, new moon and holy days is just like when you are speaking of the same thing, a different expression. Are we together, guys? Are we together? It's just to depict another measurement for days. Are we together, guys? So, what we see here is, so, holy day, new moon, and Sabbath, do you know they are the same thing? Because a Sabbath is actually an holy day. He says, remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. Are we together, guys? So he was literally talking about the same thing, just a like modified means of expression. And holy day is also what you mean by new moon. Are we together? It's also what you mean by Sabbath. Does that make sense, guys? Does that make sense, guys? But notice how he says, don't let them judge you in meat, in drink, or in respect of, let me just say, respect of days. You know? And where do we have these things present? Where? In the law. It's in the law that we are told you cannot eat this animal. Are we together? You must not eat an animal with his blood. Are we together? So in the law, you are told, eat this, don't eat this. Do you understand? Take this, don't take this. Are we together, guys? Are we together? In the Passover, in fact, you are told what to drink. Don't forget the wine, the bread and wine that they took. Are we together, guys? Do you understand me? So, pay attention. When we see shadow used, in the scripture what does shadow refer to does it refer to the old testament writings or the old testament because the old testament is the law so shadow in scripture 
is it used for the entire Old Testament writing or for the law? So can we also say it is only used for the Old Testament? Would that make sense? Because the Old Testament is the law. Does that make sense, guys? So in other words, is the entire Old Testament writing a shadow? Is the entire Old Testament writing a shadow? What is a shadow? Which is what? You might not begin to sound like theologians. The Old Testament. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. What this means is that we've been too quick with the use of words. You know, we just say, you know, the Old Testament types are shadows. Eh, eh. Notice how shadow was never used by Jesus. That word shadow was never used by Jesus. Only by Paul and the writer of Hebrews. And it was specifically used for the Old Testament. Hallelujah. Notice that if they were to refer to the entirety of the Old Testament writings and about the knowledge in Christ, they would call it mystery. In fact, Jesus would specifically, he said, beginning at Moses and all the prophets. So, he lets you know he's adding all the writings together. Are we together, guys? He lets you know, oh, see, me, I'm packing all the writings together. That's what he did. If he was talking about the entire Old Testament writings, they will clearly tell you. But if you see the word shadow used, never think that it was referring to the entire Old, the entire Old Testament writings. Rather, it was referring to the Old Testament, which is the Lord. Does that make sense, guys? Are we together, guys? Are we together, guys? So when he says, we have in the Old Testament writings types and shadows, let me now put it in context. Shadow specifically refers to the law. Are we together, guys? Are we together, guys? And you will see, I'm going to show you why it's a very important, why the law is what is a shadow and not everything. Because if you remember accurately, ah, Jesus, there's no time. I wish I could go through this thing. Go to 2 Corinthians 3. Second Corinthians, you know, I opened 2 Corinthians 3 before, talking about the ministry of the letter and the ministry of the spirits, right? Are we together? And we already finalized that the ministry of the letter is what? The Old Testament, right? Which is the law. Notice that in talking about the law, it now says that which Moses, pay attention, Moses, what did he do? He put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold it. Can you see where shadow is coming from? It now lets you know that this is the reason why that veil remains untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament. Not in the reading of... You know, Paul knows what the Old Testament is. Paul will not see Old Testament as the entire writings of the Old Testament, but as the law. Are we together? So he's telling you that this is the reason why when you read the law, there is a veil over that law that does not make it clear to you to see. But when you look to Christ, the veil is taken away. Are we together, guys? Are we together? So can we say, now pay attention to this. Now, clearly, when Moses came down from the mount and his face was shining and then he put a veil over his face, what 2 Corinthians 3 lets us know is that that was a depiction of what he did in the giving of the law. Are we together? That in the, what he actually did was a concealing of the light in the law. Are we together, guys? Are we together, guys? Does that make sense? So can we now therefore say, now, ah, Jesus, 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 I want to show you what Moses saw that made his face shine. But let me just give you a context of that story. Do you realize that this wasn't the first time Moses went to the mount? When his face shone. The first time he went to the mount, they disobeyed. 
That's when they went into idolatry. Do you understand? They went into idolatry. They were worshipping other gods. Do you understand me? So on and so forth. So, this wasn't the first time Moses would come down from the mount. The first time he came, he broke the tablets of stone. Are we together? Out of anger. In fact, um, those who were committing idolatry, he commanded that they should be killed. Okay? Now, notice how that when he went the second time, literally, he came back with almost the same thing. The same Ten Commandments. But why is his face shining now? Because there's something that you will not pay attention to. Go to Exodus. Exodus chapter... I'm actually rushing this part. Exodus chapter 33. Oh, sorry, 34. Go to Exodus 30. No, not before 34, actually. 33. Exodus 33. Now look at verse. Look at um, verse 18. Now, this was Moses when he was in that sense interceding for the children of Israel. They've done bad, they are children, don't be annoyed. Now, look at what Moses says. Moses now says in verse 18 exodus 3 verse 18 he says and he said i beseech thee show me thy glory we are not done and he said now this was god replying i will make all my goodness pass before thee so what is his response to moses asking that he should show him his glory he says i will make all my goodness so when we speak of the glory of god one, what, what is one of the things that we should have in mind? The goodness of God. Are we together, guys? He says, I will make all my goodness pass before thee. I will proclaim the name of the Lord. So, in the glory of the Lord, we see the goodness of God. Are we together? We see a proclamation of the name of the Lord. Does that make sense, guys? Are we together? Let's continue. He says, And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. Is this not a weird response? Show me your glory. I will make my goodness pass before you. And I will declare my name. And I will be gracious upon whom I will be gracious. That was the response to the glory of God. The glory of God is seen in what? His goodness. The proclamation of his name or his authority. His mercy and his graciousness. Are we together guys? But now we are not done. Now look at what happens in Exodus 34. Exodus chapter 34. And verse... Now, verse 5. Now, he has already said, you know, show me your glory. And God has said, I will show, these are the things I'm going to do. I'll proclaim my name. I'll make my goodness pass before you. I'll be merciful upon you. I'll be merciful. Gracious upon you. I'll be gracious. Exodus 34 and verse 5. And the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. So now he's about to proclaim the name of the Lord. And look at what he says. He said, And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, and that will by no means clear the guilty visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and upon the children's children also the third and fourth generation let me let me just say this by the way if he already says in verse 7 keeping mercy for thousands forgiving iniquity and transgression of sin how then can he say visiting the iniquity unto the children and the children's children clearly there is a transgression problem there because of time i cannot really go there but i can tell you this the visiting there 
does not have to do with making them suffer. Are we together? Because the same in the same book, in the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah said, let not this um, proverb anymore be, um, be mentioned in Israel, that the fathers have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. Whatever a man sow, he will reap. The soul that perishes shall die. In fact, in the laws, interestingly, it was clearly said, Moses actually said in the laws, that a man must suffer for his sin and the child must not suffer for the sin of his father. Are we together, guys? It was written there in the law. So this, this, this is the increase of the father upon the, unto the children and to the you know, second and third and fourth generation was not talking about God punishing children for the sins of their parents. Are we together? But because of time, I can't really go there. But what, am I, what, I, what I want to say, Moses asks God to show him his glory. In God showing him his glory, he proclaims his name. And what does he proclaim his name as? He says, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sins. When he says he by no means said guilty, I have an explanation for that too as well, but because of time, I can't go there. But what you see is that what, when Moses says, show me your glory, what did it see? He saw the goodness of God. He saw the mercy of God. He saw the forgiving nature of God. Hallelujah. This was the difference between the second time he went to the mountain and the first. The first time, he just went to get the, the laws and the commandments. The second time, he said, show me your glory. And then he sees this. Now, he comes down from the mount. Same tablet. Same, um, this thing, laws. But now, his face is shining. Why? He has seen something else. Now, pay attention. So, if Moses, because of that, so what Moses saw that made his face shine was the goodness of God, the kindness of God, the mercy of God, the graciousness of God, and the ability of God to forgive sins. Does that make sense, guys? Are we together? Are all of these things seen in the New Testament? Yes. Because that's literally what salvation is. Salvation is the kindness of God to man. The graciousness of God to man. His ability to forgive our sins. Are we together? That, the fact that when he says, visiting um, iniquity of the fathers on, what he's talking about there is an everlasting forgiveness are we together that he will forgive forever are we together guys that's what salvation is so now pay attention to this when Moses came down that's what he saw that made his face shine but what did he do he covered it he covered it are we together and then gave them the law and the book of Corinthians lets us know that the law is a representation of what Moses did. Or what Moses did, sorry, is a representation of the law. Meaning, the way he concealed his face from them seeing what he had saw figuratively, because that's what made his face shine, was the same thing he did with the law. Because now, he gives them the law, but now, the law now is concealed. What is it concealing? It is concealing the word, the goodness, the mercy. Because when you look at the law, you see a God that is judgmental. You do this, you suffer this. You do this, you suffer this. You do this, you suffer this. And that is really not the image of God that Moses saw. Are we together? So can you not see why the law is a shadow? It's a shadow because Moses veiled it. And this is the reason the Old Testament being a shadow is clearly different from the rest of the New Testament as a promise which is a mystery. Everything together, let me put it this way. Everything together, the entire Old Testament writings, is a mystery. Are we together? But one is a... Ah, I explained this in Lagos, First Corinthians 2. When I explained that, it's a mystery not because God was hiding it, but because they did not have the spirit so they could not understand. Are we together, guys? Are we together? Now, that's clear. But for the Old Testament, which is the law, 
it was an intentional concealing. That's what I'm trying to let you see. Compared to the mystery where God, it wasn't that God concealed any information. In fact, God was doing his best to present it to them by prophecies. Are we together, guys? But they could not see it because they did not have the Holy Ghost. That's why it was a mystery to them. For the Old Testament, which is the law, David, I'm sorry, I said David, Moses actually intentionally concealed it. Why? Because they were stubborn. That was why Jesus said, Moses, because of the hardness of your heart, gave you the law. And that's why Galatians 3 and verse 19 says the law was added because of transgression. Meaning, it was because of your sins that the law came. When Moses saw that, ah, these guys are obstinate. They won't hear what. You know what? I will give them something to keep them in place. Are you with me? I will give them something to keep them in place. To nip them in the bud. So what am I going to do? I'm going to give them the law. What is the law? In the law, there is the goodness of God. But what happens? It is concealed. Are you with me? It's an intentional concealing by moses and that's why it says until date when that law is read which is the old testament that veil is still there because till today the old testament is a shadow are you with me so what you see therefore is that when we study through scripture the mystery is different from the old testament because the old testament is a shadow but the mystery is not necessarily a shadow. are we together guys so in the mystery you have the new testament in the promise and you have the old testament which is the shadow so let me just put it this way everything in the old testament that speaks about everything in the old testament writings sorry that speak about christ is a mystery are we together but not everything is a shadow when we hear a shadow what do we speak about the old testament which is what which is the law are we together guys do you notice therefore that that was the reason why paul used the word mystery more because he was talking about the entirety of the words old testament writings but every time when you use the word shadow is specifically by context would refer to what to the laws why because it was actually a shadow moses veiled it does that make sense guys so if moses did not veil the entire old testament writings the entire old testament writings cannot be a shadow amen amen hallelujah glory to jesus do you understand that is that clear actually have to rush that part amen hallelujah glory to jesus amen but you know we are no longer in the shadow glory to jesus hallelujah we are men that can see god clearly for who he is so when you see he says moses's face shone you know his face was shining and you know we are so in awe of the of his face shining hallelujah and you do not realize that what made moses face shine is in you continually today for the rest of your life hallelujah the goodness and kindness of god hallelujah forgiving iniquity and transgressions hallelujah unto the third and fourth and thousands of generations forgiving your iniquity hallelujah glory to jesus that's the glory of the new testament amen that's the glory of the new testament that's the glory we have today and that's why the writer now says second Corinthians 3 and verse 18 go there second Corinthians 3 and verse 18 second Corinthians 3 and verse 18 it says, But we all with open face, beholding as in glass, the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory. What's glory to glory? It's not saying every day as from no, he's saying as we look away from the law, which is the old testament, which has its own glory. Remember, we now look to the we look to Christ, the veil is taken away. We see clearly as in a glass, and we are transformed from the glory of the old to the glory of the new. So it's not an increasing glory every day. No. It's a change in glory now because we are in the New Testament. Hallelujah. 
Glory to Jesus. Say, I radiate. I radiate the glory of the New Testament. Glory to Jesus. So where do we, st- where do we stop? Simple. In our study of scriptures, therefore, we must learn to use Bible words, Bible way. Hallelujah. The Old Testament, referring to the laws. The Old Testament writings, for the sake of semantics, referring to all of the writings in the Old Testament. The Old Testament writings, therefore, we have said, will contain the New Testament in a promise. Are we together? And the Old Testament. In other words, it would contain the New Testament in a promise and the shadow. Does that make sense, guys? Are we together, guys? Glory to Jesus. So what does this do for us? It gives us a fresh perspective to the Old Testament. Because in coming days, we're going to do some study on the Old Testament. We're going to begin to see how, of a truth, the church's foundation can be laid upon the Old Testament writings, even as we pay more attention to the New Testament in the promise. And even as we study the laws as shadows, as books who are veiled intentionally by Moses because of the transgression of Israel, it will inform our study. It will make our hearts open to light and revelation in the world. And it will make us better students of scriptures. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Can you lift your hands and give God praise? Alright guys, so we have about 10 minutes for questions and answers. Let me just, so based on the number of questions we have, we'll take as many as we can. And if not, no problem. So questions and answers. Alright, so let's hear. Samuel David, let me hear you first. First question. Okay, thank you very much. Now, go to Romans 10 and verse 4. At the end of the day, the law, the purpose of the law, or let me, just, let me just say purpose, the fulfillment of the law is still Christ. In fact, what Moses did in giving them the law was for them to realize that in themselves, they could not attain righteousness. So, by the time salvation through faith will become available, just that, so they would reckon that, see, if, even if I continue to keep this thing from today to tomorrow, I cannot be justified. I might as well just believe God and it will be accounted to me for righteousness. Look at Romans 10 and verse 4. He says, for Christ is the end of the law. The word end there is not, it's not just is the end as for finality, no. It, it is Christ is the fulfillment of the law. Are we together, guys? Christ is the fulfillment of the law. Now, I, I need you to know that the, the, the Israelites did not just have the Old Testament to study. There was Genesis before it. So, they actually had the New Testament in a promise to study. So, they would have also seen Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. This thing gives a lot more context when you realize that this wasn't the first time Moses presented the gospel to them. You know the first time God personally spoke to them in Exodus 19. And what did he do? He gave them the Ten Commandments. Which, let me just say this in person. The Ten Commandments, what is it divided into? It's divided into two. What is it? Honor God, love your neighbor. Simply. Are we together? That's the entirety of the Ten Commandments. You shall have no other God beside me. You shall not make any craving image. You shall not bow to any other image. Are we together? And then after he talks about your relationship to God, he now begins to talk about, then he talks about you shall keep the Sabbath day to make it holy. Then now begins to talk about your relationship with people. You shall not kill. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not be covetous. Are we together, guys? So, and that's the reason why by the time the Pharisees asked Jesus that what is the submission of the law? He said it's simple. He said you shall love the Lord your God with all your hearts, with all your mind, and with all your soul. And he says, and the second which is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Are we together, guys? So all of the law is summarized in what? Honoring God and loving your neighbor. Now, I want to show you something. Do you realize that every time when Paul commended the church for their salvation, what did he commend them as? He says, ever since I heard of your words and your words, so how did Paul commend the church as being saved? 
faith in the Lord Jesus and love to the saints. So when the commandments was given, was he giving the gospel? So can you see that by the time he gave them the law, he gave them the law because I've given you the gospel but you don't want to listen. This would change your mindset because also think about the fact that when these people were prostituting themselves after other gods, literally when they were worshipping other gods, they could see the cloud on the mountain that Moses entered into and they were worshipping another god. So these were people that their hearts were hardened. Do you understand? Moses has done his best to present the gospel to them. They were not able to listen. So he says, you know what? I presented the gospel to you. I'm not going to hear. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to present you the law. By the time you try the law and try and try and try, you will see that, Omo, this thing, I know if you do am. What will it now cause you to do? You will now go back to the New Testament in the promise which was already in operation before the law came. Do you understand? Do you understand? So at the end of the day, Moses was actually doing his best. He wasn't trying to hide it from them. He was doing his best possible to make them see that you cannot do it by yourself. You will still have to come back here. Do you understand me? This is the reason why even despite when the law was in operation, there were still men who operated under the New Testament in the promise. Are we together, guys? Because after they had seen that, ah, oh, well, this works of the law, it cannot do anything for me. David also was a man who would have been under the law. Are we? Yes or no? But have we, over time, with his experience, you would have seen, Omar, the only way I can be justified is I just believe. Are we, to, are, we, are, we, are we together, guys? I just believe. So, Moses wasn't trying to hide it from them. He had already presented it to them the first time. God had preached the gospel to them through the commandments. Honor me, love, honor me, and love, the, and love your guys. That would have been the expression of faith. Don't forget, faith is the substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. For the Israelites, their own expression of faith would have been that they honored God, are we together, and that they loved their neighbors. But because they do not do that, that shows they do not have faith. Are we together, guys? And so Moses gives them the law, hoping that by the time they do the law and they say that they cannot, you know, um, they cannot um, be righteous by the law, they can now go back to the New Testament in the promise which they already have, which in fact was there before the law was given, and now use it. Does that make sense, guys? Are we together? So Moses was not trying to hide it from them. Moses was actually hoping that, hoping that by giving them the law, they would come to appreciate righteousness by faith in Christ Jesus as a promise. Amen. Amen. I hope I didn't confuse you, Samuel David. Did that help? Very good. Next question, Kaibola. Okay, thank you very much. Now, the first thing is, when he says the body, the meaning of body doesn't mean body. The meaning of body actually means fulfillment. Are we together? So, let's the... And skia doesn't mean pattern. Skia doesn't mean pattern. Skia either means a figure, an outline from a shadow, or a shade produced by a covering. Now, based on our understanding of what Moses was trying to do, it will be clear that Moses wasn't necessarily trying to use the law to depict. No, he wasn't, quite frankly. He was using the law to shade it. He was using the law to, in that sense. So, there was the light proceeding from his eyes, figuratively talking about the goodness of God. The veil was an intentional veil to shade it. That by the time you do your best to try by your own efforts, you do your best possible to try to attain righteousness by your efforts, you get to the point where you say, you know what, I can't do this thing by myself. Then you now turn. Now, how will an Old Testament patriarch turn to Christ? He will go and read the New Testament in the promise, which was before the law. So he would go to Genesis 15 and verse 6, for example, and read, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And come to terms with the facts that by what I do by myself, I can't attain righteousness. So clearly, from Moses' action, so the way we can define shade is not all, define shadow is not based on what we think a shadow should be it's based on what moses was trying to use the shadow to do he wasn't trying to use the law 
to give them an idea of Christ. No, he already presented the gospel to them earlier. What he was clearly trying to do was to veil it, veil the goodness of God. Use your own efforts to try. When you are done, you will see you cannot do it by yourself. Then you will come to Christ. Do you understand? Do you understand me? I know that it can be a bit ambiguous. And that's primarily because for a very long time, we have used the word shade openly. So what our advice that you do is take our time to study. What you will do is study Exodus from verse 19 to verse 34. Alright? Generally. Study that. Then now sit down with the way the word skia was used in the New Testament. It's going to take a lot of you know, thinking through and thinking through. But you arrive at, arrive at an answer. Do you understand me? So that's the thing. I can't expect you to take, take it in one meeting. It took me a lot for me to agree with it. So it's going to take time too as well. So no problem. Alright? Very good. Next question. Alright, thank you very much, sir. Yeah, I think you already addressed that already. Like the first question and the second question. But let me just repeat the question. Okay. Um, you were explaining the fact that um, the Old Testament writings um, is actually mystery, something like that. That needs to be explained. And the Old Testament specifically talks about the law. Alright, so the question that came to mind, okay, using um, Hebrews 11, 1, the word aeon, and you explained now that it actually means age or dispensation. So the question that came to my mind was that that very dispensation of um, Old Testament, um, was it that there was nobody that was saved at that very point in time because it was as though uh, Moses actually um, concealed or he restricted to, um, um, he concealed um, what he actually saw in the, in the mountain the goodness and the favor and forgiveness nature of God. Right. So I was asking that was there salvation at that very point, at that very age, at that very dispensation? Mm-hmm. But I think... Yeah, so now, there's, there's something that, that you just said that I think might be a little bit confusing, or it might, might mistook me. When we speak of dispensations in Hebrews 11 2, it's not the dispensation of the Old Testament and New Testament, no. It's the various dispensations of the patriarchs. So, Abel was one dispensation. Because dispensation means like period of time. You notice how Abel did not live in the same time when Abraham lived. Do you understand? There was a reason he went sequentially, talking about different people at different points in time. Spoke about Abel. Spoke about Abraham and, um, what's her name now? Sarah. Spoke about Isaac. Can you with me? But what he started to say is that, despite all those separate dispensations, all of them are framed together by the word of God. Are you with me? The combining factor or the joining factor between all of these dispensations is one thing. Is the word of God. Do you understand me? So the dispensation in that context is actually not Old Testament and New Testament. No. The dispensation in that context specifically, that context specifically, was referring to the various dispensations of the New Testament in the promise. How? Abel. Abraham and Isaac. Okay. Sorry, Abraham and Sarah. Isaac, so on and so forth. So the context of Hebrews 11 was actually New Testament in the promise. There was no Testament then. Are you with me? Beautiful. Any other question? Oh yeah, if you have a question, I can ask. Maybe your question, maybe you had a question that came up because of what those people said. No question. Is it that I'm so good at teaching? Or you're so good at getting confused? <laughs> oh, you have a question. Okay, please. Okay, thank you very much. Now, first of all is, that it is called letters of Paul doesn't necessarily mean Paul wrote it. There's a gospel of Thomas. And clearly, Thomas did not write it. Are we together? So, that's my one. Number two. If you read the contents, does he agree with the orthodoxy of scripture? You need to understand, we, we, must, like, we must know that for them, the church, so it's not like the church hates good things. For them not to accept it, there is a reason. And I'm sure that if you will sit down to examine that book, you will see why. I don't have the answer, to be honest, quite frankly. But I can tell you this. The book definitely did not pass those three. 
that, that is called a letter of Paul doesn't mean Paul wrote it. That's my one. It's also possible that the book would not have been during the timeline when Paul was writing. Maybe it came in the second century after probably Paul had died. Are we together? Or, are we, or third, it, the, the authority of it being by Paul is debated in the entire church, meaning it's only a sect that agree. Other sects do not agree. Are we together? The Catholicity of this thing. And I think I must say this also that there, were, there are some good books that were not added to canon. For example, the Didache. The Didache is actually accepted as a first century. Is it first century now? It's actually, I, don't, I, don't, I don't let me give it a particular date, but I think it's first century. But it actually is actually accepted in the church as a good literature. Like I would actually advise, if you can, lay your hands on the Didache and read it. It's a good book. It just was not canonized simply because. It does not follow the rule of canon. Do you understand? So canonicity is not just about good book or bad book. You might read the book and it's not a bad book. But at the end of the day, it will not align with those theory rules of canonicity. And if it doesn't align, it doesn't matter whether it's a good book or a bad book. It is not a part. Do you understand me? So, that, so because it's important to know this, that it is apocryphal doesn't make it a bad book. You can read it. It's fine. The point of it is just, unle- the, any foundation of doctrine we will lay must be taken primarily from scriptures. You might not find the same thing also said in the Apocrypha. Beautiful, no problem. Are we together? There's no problem with it. But you will not now go to the Apocryphal books, pick up a subject of doctrine, you don't find it anywhere in the Bible or in the rest of the canon, and then you pick it and say, this doctrine, no. Are we together, guys? The Bible or the, the canon that we have today must remain our grounds for truth. Other, other you know, literature outside the canon can bear witness to it, can, make us, can give us better insight and understanding. Are we together? And they are not bad to read. However, the canon is the canon that we are given. Does that make sense? Are you with me? Very good. Any other question, guys? Any other question? No question. No question. Stand up and lift your hands. Stand up and lift your hands. Just lift your hands and give him praise. And you know, I want to consecrate your hearts to the message of the gospel. Consecrate your hearts to the message. Lift your hands. Lift your hands. Pray for yourself. Pray for yourself. Pray for yourself. In the name of Jesus, nothing will make me compromise the truth. Nothing will make me compromise the truth. I will stay with it, no matter how hard it may seem. No matter how hard it may seem, I'm going to stay with the truth. I'm going to cover nations, territories with the truth of the gospel. Say, you know, pray this for yourself, that in times like this and in times to come, men of the world are rising, either through me or around me. Men of the world are rising will take the gospel in its truth in his clarity to nations of the earth pray for yourself pray for yourself this is a time of consecration pray for yourself that are consecrated to the message of the gospel to the lordship of the word teaching the truth of the message in every place come what may come opposition you know come opposition in spite of losing friends so on and so forth the truth of the message 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 Amen. Lift your hands. Let me pray for you. In the name of Jesus, I pray for you that your zeal continues to burn stronger. I pray for you that your zeal for the work does not dwindle. I pray for you that situations of life do not come around that strangle the purpose and the counsel of God for your life. In the name of Jesus, I pray that money does not sweep you away. I pray that popularity does not sweep you away. I pray that the, win- the willingness or the want to be accepted by men does not sway you away. I pray that you'll find true fulfillment 
in the message and in the ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ. I pray that the ministry and the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ is enough to keep you content and that you do not look for other things. I pray that you are kept by supernatural relationships. You are kept by the power of God. I pray for you that your life is kept, that you will not die untimely. In the name of Jesus, that you will always be found at the center of God's plan, at the center of his purpose. I pray for you that every point in time when you seem to be making a mistake, by divine providence you are guided back. In the name of Jesus, I pray for you that the errors of the past will not continue to lead to more errors in the future. That you will be led and directed the more than ever before. I pray for you that more men will be added to your ministry. That your ministry will continue to grow. You will reach men in their numbers. You reach men in their hundreds. You will need men in their thousands. You reach men in their millions. You will cover nations and territories with the gospel. Men will be healed through your ministry. Men will be saved through your ministry. Men will be filled through your ministry. Glory to Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Glory to Jesus. Glory to God. Alright guys, so with that, we mark the end of Carizo Bible Confess 2022. Glory to Jesus. Were you blessed? Were you blessed? Give God the glory. Give God the glory. Amen. Alright, so that's um, that for Carizo Bible Confess. You know, I just want to um, counsel you to please stay with it all right in when you come for meetings like this whether you know it or you don't know it something has changed hallelujah you now have a new capacity for the word that you didn't have before are we together guys are we together what you must now do is to keep it amen don't now go home and say ah six hours teaching oh yeah now sleep from now till tomorrow morning some of you won't get late to service tomorrow no hallelujah ensure that you find times to pray tonight take time to study begin a you know create a, a bible routine that is strong are we together i want us to have by by um Carizo bible conference 2023 when we come together i want a, an audience that is much more sharper in discernment are we together are you with me guys an audience that is much more sharper in discernment all right of course problem is that as things grow you have new people come so there's now the problem of teaching the new folks and teaching the new fo- the the old folks most of but the lord will guide us hallelujah glory to jesus you know um i just want to say that um thank you for coming around for today's meeting um we usually hold monthly meetings here in Inlefe, and this is our new venue all right for our monthly meetings in Inlefe. all right so um you can just for folks who if you want to get more information about us so just follow us on um our ig accounts it's Caruso Ministry, right? K-E-R-U-S-S-O underscore, underscore ministry on IG for all of the necessary information. Um, we have, currently we have ongoing um, an online year-long Bible course. Are we together? I think so far we've done how many weeks now? We should have done almost about 20-something weeks right now, right? But it's, you can still check, like you can sign up. The link is there in our bio on IG. You can sign up and then you have access to all of the courses we've done in the past, alright? So that would definitely help you you know, if you are prompted in your heart to give, when you come from meetings like this and you are blessed, one of the things that you should learn to do, are we together, is to give. Amen. We do not rent this place by tongues. Amen. Hallelujah. The gen is not running on tongues. Amen. Glory to Jesus. It's not by utterance. Uh, it's not that I just tell the manager that, sir, I have a thing for the nations. In, <laughs> no. We paid money. Hallelujah. So please and please ensure that you give, all right? If, for more details about how to give, just reach out to us on IG. IG is actually the place where we are very, you know, this is for now. So just reach out to us on IG. You want to give, and then we'll give you the account details, all right? All right? 
Thank you very much. Um, last but not least, I'm just going to say this in passing. Towards the ending of the year, um, we are going to be um, releasing two books. The Lord has laid it on our hearts. Um, one of the things that we're going to do as a ministry is we are going to we are going all out for the gospel. Hallelujah. So expect mm, expect books, expect podcasts, expect short videos on IG, TikTok, and the likes. Expect long videos that are not sermons. We will use everything to teach the gospel. Hallelujah. Well, particularly by the end of this year, we're going to be using two books. Whether out copy or soft copy, I don't know yet. Why? Money. Simply. Right? We're going to release two books. One on tongues, the other on prayer in the New Testament, particularly Pauline prayers. Alright? So please pray for us as we do the things we do, that we are strengthened. Alright? Also, ensure, ensure that you give. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Let's start up and make, an, make our affirmation. Just stand up. Stand up. Say now unto him. Ah, say it like you. You have this thing. What's the problem? Say now unto him. Ah, no, it's still sounding like... I'm going to thought for this hour. Let me put it like this now. Ah. Say now unto him. Now unto him. Now him. That is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that I ask or think according, according, according to the power that works in me, by me, for me, and through me. Glory to God. Praise God. Amen. So, guys, thanks for coming. Have a wonderful evening. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. We're sure that it was an amazing time. For questions and inquiries, reach out to us on carysoul.bb at gmail.com. We call you blessed.